Welcome to the Men Talk About podcast. This is one of your hosts, one of your guides, Paul Randolph Newell. This experience, these conversations that you're about to hear, these are intended to support men that are going through shifts, adjustments, changes in their life that can mean new careers, new relationships. Ending of careers, ending of relationships, disconnection from loved ones, family or kids, major operations, major shifts and turns in their life or how they've lived life. This experience and these conversations are designed for you. They're designed to support how you find your way to move through so you become a different version of yourself a higher version of yourself, another version of yourself. So these conversations are with men to be real, to be raw, to be relatable. So anyone, any other man that's hearing this, that's experienced some pretty gooky, cuckoo, muckety muck, (laughs) all that stuff. Yeah, this here, this is for you. This is for you. And even bigger yet, this is for us. This is for us. Because we all heal. When we hear another man's story, that can help us heal. I know I'm going to be free of speaking for you. I'm going to speak for myself. When I hear another man's story, when I hear how they traverse the tricky tricky courses of life through divorce, through parental alienation, to family courts and all that stuff. And it could be different for each man. But when I and when I hear how a man can traverse the the ugliness of life and come out on top grow out of the mud like a lotus best believe i want to hear and best believe i'm going to share so with that in mind thank you for joining the conversation i'll connect with you throughout this conversation enjoy welcome to the men talk about podcast this is real raw and relatable information god damn it <laughs> So this is this this next version, or I don't even saw it, call it next version. This is more of a continuation of a podcast I started almost four years ago, and I really focused on doing these conversations and speaking with men about various topics. Really, like a lot about how men showed up in their lives and and tips and. And insights that those men had to offer and share. The thing that I thought was really cool um, is I would get a lot of feedback from people on the podcast, uh, especially the, the the topics that were <laughs> real, raw, and relatable. Um, and what what the heck do I even mean by that? Well, first, you know, I had some some things on there. I had some topics on there that. I was interested in um, and that looking at the numbers, I think some people were like, what the heck is this guy talking about? What is this other person talking about? Yet when I had conversations around sex and divorce and what it means to be a man, um, balance, work-life balance, I noticed I was like, oh, shoot, man, damn, like those numbers are nice. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I guess it's a sign for me to talk more about that. So when I made the decision to pick up the podcast again, 
I had to really think about what I want to relay and share. And I think with the release of of Heal Thy Man Method, my first book uh, released in in November 2022, it, it, it I put it all on the line in that book. Um, and even people that read it, they're like, oh, my God, man, you really went in. And again, it was raw. And it was real. It was my experience. And, and, and from the feedback, I recognized, especially as I was making the decision to come back with the podcast, I recognized, like, it's probably good for me to share more stories that I've gone through and share more insights that I've experienced and that I've learned and seen uh, to support men in situations similar to mine. So that's when I decided to do this podcast about being a deadbeat dad. Now, I, I'm unsure as to how many men would self-proclaim being a deadbeat dad. And cool. <laughs> cool. And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this, because I think there's such a there's a perception of men in relationships um, or men that are uh, out of relationship with the mothers of their children. Now, my, my thing is this, like, you know, I, I'm a big fan of def definition. So, I, you know, I, I like to at least get an idea of like, how is this deadbeat dad or beyond the deadbeat dad for me anything I, I like to know what's the meaning of this right like what does it mean to be this or what what's the perception or what's the definition that's out there so when i looked up deadbeat dad it reads a father who owes money to his former wife to help raise their children but does not pay it does not pay it now here's the thing right and that's why I'm, I'm looking forward to getting in i want to just make sure i hold my damn horses because i want to get all up in ahead of all up in ahead of myself and that's all good uh i do want to make sure that i break this uh, i i i relay this message in a way that i think is going to be helpful for other men that may be experiencing a similar a situation similar to what i'm experiencing being a non-custodial father to three children of uh, by three different women. And I'll get into that story in a little bit. But when I look at this, like when I was really starting to dive into this, some of the other things that I found when I was researching being a deadbeat dad is it's a father that neglects his responsibilities as a parent, especially one that does not pay child support. Now, here's the thing. Statistically speaking, one in four U.S. children live without a father at the, in the home. One in four, all right? So that's a pretty interesting stat if you ask me. Now, my thing is this. Um, you know, I've been I've been called a deadbeat dad. Uh, it sucked. It sucked. Uh, to be transparent, it really sucked. And a lot of it, it, a lot of it sucked because like I had my own perceptions of a deadbeat dad that I would basically bludgeon myself with and then like I added to that some spikes from what other people would say about being about me being a father and not seeing my children now 
here's the thing, right? There's a lot of the there's a lot of men out there that are that, that are are alienated from their kids, um, and and this this session and this communication that I'm doing right here, this is this is free of it being about bashing a woman or bashing moms. And listen, if this is what you're expecting, then like I, I would recommend that you just turn this thing off right now because this is this ain't for you, right? Same for you. Uh, what I do want to look at is do my best to look at this objectively and look at my situation because I have yet to know what yours is unless like, you know, you want to connect and we can do that and talk about it. But I want to do my best to look at this objectively and really look at, you know, what what are the what what are the obstacles? What's the truth? What's the stories, belief, perspective and what's the dehumanization of this whole scenario of non-custodial fatherhood that most people will see as being a deadbeat. Now, here's the thing, right? Um, like, I'll, I'll start off with my definition of deadbeat. Someone that doesn't pay their shit. Someone that doesn't give a crap about their kid. Someone that's aloof. Someone that's running away from their kid. They don't want to have any responsibility for their kid whatsoever. Now, the thing is, is most people use the term deadbeat when they perceive that a father's uninvolved and this is where the lie begins because what happens is is from my experience from my experience anyway fathers that are free of seeing their kids consistently or regularly they want to be with their kids they want to be with their kids the perception is they don't now another thing is like hey hey you deadbeat Pay your damn child support, piece of crap, shithead, doo-doo-boo. <laughs> now, this in itself, too, is, is there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things behind um, a man being unable to pay child support. Now, I want to dive into this piece because when we look at this, when we look at the first definition of deadbeat that I mentioned before, it was um, it was a father who owes money to his former wife to help raise their children, but does not pay for it, pay it. Right. So I want to give my experience here with child support, you know, where, when it all started for me and then where I am right now. So my my journey with child support and going through the court systems began when I got separated uh, because, you know, I wanted to. Um, you know, make sure that, you know, my, my kid would have money. And like, at the time I was working a regular job, making some, making some good, decent money, some pretty good money. And I remember I was so angry with my former wife, well now former wife. Um, I, I was so angry with her back then and I was just vengeful and resentful. And I really didn't want to have anything because like I was already paying for half the mortgage. Um, I was paying for my place. I was paying for lawyers and like it was it was like a whole scene. So what what I that was my first stint. And, you know, she was just in my judgment, like she just really wanted to have at it with me. And like we I did my I did attempt to do a private agreement and it failed to work. Now, that was my first stint. Now, while this is why I was separated. Now, while I was separated, um, I went through a really dark time. Like depression, I was drinking heavily. Like I was like, I was drinking. I was like, I was hungover every day. Um, just really irresponsible behavior. Like you know, knocking down chicks and and having sex here all over the place with like you know, 
in some cases, no, no pro, no protection. As my mom would say, no raincoats. So a situation happened where you know I was helping uh, uh, uh like a, you know a side uh, like um a side piece a chick that you know used to used to give me some brain man give me some dome man um she was good at it and and you know I was helping her move one day we had some tequila and then like next thing I know you know apparently we had sex and and we conceived now when we conceived I'm gonna drop this little piece in here. Like she lived in New Jersey, so um, at the time, like, like I said, I was struggling and trying to figure out how to be a father to my to my kid, to my first son Elijah, and and still battle those those sentiments of that I've always said for myself, like I would never get divorced, I would never do that to my family, I would never put my kid through what I went through, and here I was doing it. Now, what added insult to injury was like now I had I had uh, I conceived or dropped the seeds of life for on another kid and the mother um the mother of my second son like because i didn't want to be in a relationship with her she was like well i'm moving to florida now i'm just going to leave it there and then we'll come back to that now when she moved to florida i knew she wasn't going to be making money she was still going to school so i was like look i want to make sure that you have some money to take care of this kid and at the same time i i, I put myself on child support in florida because i wanted to stick it to my former wife Right. And that ended up whooping my ass. So side note, guys, like be careful of making moves out of vengeance or resentment because that shit will whoop your ass long term. Now, back to our originally planned program, coming back to the child support piece. So now when I put myself on child support, what people may not recognize is child support tends tends to have a calculation. So it's based on parenting time, like how much the parent sees, what the parents make. Um, and then like agreement, like health insurance, things like this. So at that point I ended up paying, it was like paying $700 for Elijah uh, because I saw him more often at the time. And then like for Noah, I was paying, I was paying like, oh my God, I think it was like 15 or God, how much was it? It was a lot of money. It was like, it was like $1,100 a month, 11 or $1,200 a month. And my paycheck was like, sweep, swap, what? My paycheck was gone, gone. Right. And at the time, like that's when my divorce started heating up and it was a train wreck because money was going crazy. Money was going out the door crazily. My mom had passed at this point when like I started really feeling the pinch of child support um, and going through a divorce and lawyers. And um, my mom left some money for us, man. I went through that money so quick, like with, you know, paying off my debt and, I, you know, splurged a little bit and and paying for lawyers. And I still ended up having. I still end up owing my lawyer a good amount of money. Now, why I, I'm just I'm more giving context <clears throat> around like this situation, right? Around like what what this was like because why I bring this up is because when I lost my job, lost. Let me I'm gonna claim it. I got fired because my work performance was shit. <laughs> right? I was dealing with divorce. I was working full time trying to figure out how to be a dad, dealing with my crazy freaking former wife. Um, just, that was a judgment. I mean, I'm just saying from my experience at that time, I was like, this, this woman's crazy. Um, and also I was, I was working a couple side gigs, man, to just make some extra cash. And I was tired. I was just distracted. I was angry. I was most likely drunk or hung over and my work performance suffered. And I got fired. So I was making nowhere near the money that I was making. And when I got fired, I, I had, my divorce had finalized several months before that. Now, I lost my job. It was tough for me to get another job, and I wasn't making anywhere near what I was making before. 
Now, going back to the courts repeatedly to make an adjustment, I was shocked that the courts would fit the courts failed to oblige or failed to make an adjustment to my child support order. I got freaking pissed. Warrants were out for my arrest. I remember like anything, especially like and they were out for my arrest because I began going into arrears. This is where men, um, if you have yet to have kids or you're, you know, you're out there slinging your shit, protect your seed because God damn it, man, if you have, a, if you get a woman pregnant and there's child support involved, you're not with her and stuff like that. It, listen, it's, it can make your financial stability challenging. Okay. Now, this is where we can classify. This is where the conversation of a deadbeat starts to come up. Because most of the time when you look when what people fail to recognize is that uh, in most cases like this deadbeat dad um, scenario is is really like what's the best way I could say like I guess like the best way I could describe it is it's like it's really like slavery. Okay. Because as soon as a man gets put in this type of box, this is what you're labeled as. And it goes beyond public opinion. I mean, like I'm talking about like, listen, I'm in arrears right now. And like this shit comes up on background checks. Like I'm at the time of this recording, I'm going through that shit right now. Getting a background check. They're like, hey, so tell me about why you are oh so much in child support. You deadbeat. <laughs> it's almost like I heard them say that shit. Like, oh, so tell us, uh, you're here. This like, tell us uh, what, what's going on with this. You're deadbeat. <laughs> I laugh about it, but at the same time, I'm like, that shit fucking hurt. That shit fucking hurts, man. So it becomes a sentence, right? And it becomes like this stigma of, oh, you don't pay your child support. And there's something bigger to that because what tends to happen is that because the reason why what I found, the reason why the, the reasons courts fail to make adjustments, because the courts, those are those courts are using those 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 dollars or using that as a marker. Right. It's like a bond like this person owes this amount. This is like money that's going into the court system. So basically like and and here's the thing, like this is going into the course of the municipal uh, or the municipality. And also, like, they make money on the float. So, for example, when I was paying a, when I was in, in total, like, for example, Florida, when I was paying $1,100 a month or $1,200 a month, that money wouldn't automatically go to my second kid's mom. No. That money would stay in the bank account so they can make money on the float. They can make money on the interest and then be able to send it out at the last possible time. So that's how they make money. The governments make money. They make a lot money. They make money in a lot of different ways like that. So what I noticed is that's one of the main reasons that and I found this out later on, like because I got frustrated. I stopped going to court. I was like, this is the most dehumanizing thing ever. I was like, this fucking sucks. I hate this shit. Like, you know, I'm like, these people can kiss my ass. A lot of times I wanted to leave out there and burn that motherfucker down. So I was like, man, you know what? Kiss my ass. You don't do shit. You don't care about this. Now, here's the thing that's interesting, right? Is that this is already, I just want to make note, like when it comes to deadbeat, right? There's the 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 connotation is this person is failing to pay whatever, right? And it fails to be like, hey, there's a little bit of like, oh, this person's person is running from their responsibilities. And in reality, that responsibility is about the money. In these court systems, they fail to recognize that there is um there's no there's no accountability on visitation. So while 
I can get as a father, as a person that's paying child support, they can mark this and keep dinging, dinging, dinging my credit because this goes on credit, guys. Be careful. I noticed that there's no accountability for a mother missing visitation. So <clears throat> a mother doesn't have to do visitation. Like my, my former wife stopped abiding by the visitation years ago. Like my, my mother, my second kid, she, um, like, I don't, I don't even hear from this woman. Um, I, I don't hear from her or him. That's okay. Um, and then the third one, like, I, yeah, it's shit, man. I, I don't even know what this girl looks like. I've never met my daughter. Right. So, and the thing is, is here's how these things can happen is that child support can be something basically like a woman thinks that she's entitled to it. Right. And fellas, that's why I'm, I always want to make note. If, if you have the option to go on child support, I highly recommend that you, that you do a private agreement because it's a way for you to work on communication with your co-parent, um, things like that, regardless of how difficult it is. And, and and if it's difficult, then maybe you get some assistance like a mediator or somebody to work with the two of you. Um, so there, there's that piece because the child support is like there becomes this entitlement, like, well, you're supposed to pay me. And then the government will send the, these mothers of children like, hey, well, this person owes you fifty three thousand dollars. Now, if you think about it, like no disrespect to them, like if you think about it, if somebody's going to give you a piece of paper and say, hey, every month this amount's going up for this, what this person owes you. You begin to think like, yo, this person owes me this. When in reality, like that number that I'm supposed to be paying is far out of, is misaligned with what I was making. So I wasn't making enough to be able to take care of this. And this is another piece about the deadbeat dad myth, right? The deadbeat dad um, uh, perception is that most of the time, these these quote unquote deadbeat dads, they don't have the money. They fail to have the money to even pay all the child support. So like, for example, right now, I just got back into full-time work. I was doing mostly like contract work and entrepreneurship just to really get by and really like just to really take care of myself and figure out how to live life. Because anytime I got a job, they would take my money. Shoot, I didn't even do my taxes for a couple of years because anytime I did a tax return and I got money, pew, 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 that was going to the children, right? And then well, I was going to the mothers. I don't really know if it even goes to the kids uh, or highly doubt it does. So... What what happens in that scenario is that men are unable to pay this child support, so they begin to dig a deeper hole. So, for example, if a man's got a private, um, if a man's got a public account, like when I had an account in my name, a bank account in my name, like they could randomly go in and just take my money, <laughs> right? Like stock options I had that matured, taken. And the thing is, it's like, because I really don't have that kind of communication with the mothers, I have no idea if the mothers are even getting this money. And this is another thing, man, is that if you're in this type of situation, that's why a private agreement is really important because then you know that you're, the mother of your children is getting the money, right? You know that, right? And then you can talk about things. You can work things out. Like, you know, and that's how it goes. Now, most of the time, too, is that the men have to cover insurance for the kids, and when it comes down to, especially being a deadbeat, it, that label in itself and having those arrears on your record and in your credit report, there's a mark on there's a mark on men. And and being in HR, I know that companies are resistant to hire those types of employees. 
It's what it is. So now you have this situation where the man is, is falling behind in child support. They're in arrears. Now they're in arrears. They go to get a job. They can't get a job or they get a job and then they get served paperwork or they get served a warrant for their arrest. They get arrested at their job. They're in jail. Now they have no job. Now when they get out again because they have the record because they're in jail, now they can't even get a job. Ain't that some shit? So now, guess what? Now deadbeat. And, oh, and then guess what? Now the person, now the dad starts to feel like shit about themselves. And then guess what? After that, most of the time, either dad, the dads can go into some sort of addiction or just end up putting a freaking gun in their throat or a rope around their neck and ending it all. Yes, this is what's happening. Because you know how I know? Because I've been on that edge many old times, goddammit, many old times. I'll tell you what, in the town I live in, man, I remember when, I remember I got to, it got rough. I remember I had five dollars. I went to this local bar, got myself a beer. I was low on gas at the time. You see where my priorities were. I was like, yo, I'm gonna get myself a drink rather than getting gasoline. So I remember I left the bar, got pulled over, man, and they found out my license was suspended. I was like, man, fucking L. It was like, and I had gotten a fight with my um my former wife that day too, man. I was in a rough shape. So I had to walk my ass home. And I remember I was walking, uh, as I was walking home, I was I was crossing over this bridge. And I remember I could still, even as I closed my eyes, I could still feel my hands along the, the, the you know, scr like scraping against the fence over the bridge um, or overlooking the bridge. And I just remembered, like, I started to climb the fence and just feel like the wave, feel my body waving on the fence. And, like, parts of me was just wishing that the fence would give and I would just fall into this the highway beneath me and end it all. And I've had many moments like that. And I've had moments where I just would drink myself to oblivion, hoping I would just crash and end my life. Because I didn't, it was tough for me at the time to see how the hell am I going to get out of this? I'll never get out of this. I don't even see my kids. I don't even see my kids. I'm paying all this money. I'm going through hell. They don't give a shit about me. And I don't even see my children. Ain't that some shit? Ain't that some shit? So this is one of the reasons I wanted to put this anatomy of a deadbeat dad out here. Because, you know, there's a perception about this being about money. And really, it's not even about money. It's about like, it's for a dad and a father, it's about the presence, man. If you look, you listen, I, I could go into statistics as to how it happens, like what happens when, when fathers aren't in kids' lives. Like, you know, they're refusing, like, you know, listen, it, it gets freaking complicated and, and, to, and to boot. The whole piece is that a lot of men that may be called deadbeats, like these men have gone through some shit. And while they're made, listen, I'm please, please know, like there are legit deadbeat mother hoo-hahs out there that don't give a shit and don't want to pay. Now, the thing is, though, is that it's not even about like, you know, there's, there's always going to be cats like that, right? There's always going to be cats like that. And the thing is, though, is that there are going to be, there's the majority of the men that are out there, the men that want to pay, man, the men that, that, that want to be, and then beyond the pay, it's more about like, they want to take care of their kids. They want to be with their kids, man. They want to be with their freaking kids. Now, the thing that's so crazy is that like, this is, this, this fails to even get acknowledged. This fails to even get acknowledged. Now the the thing that's so crazy is like you know me I'm I'm a I'm a man of color man I'm a, I'm a man that happens to be black, 
So me, like a lot of times, I don't even like to tell people I have kids because they're like, hey, how many kids do you have? I'm like, uh, uh, damn. Like I got to run through this process in my head because I'm like, do I really want to tell them this whole fucking story about how I freaking got divorced? I had a kid out of wedlock and then I had another kid. Like, uh, I don't know if I want to do this. And I don't even know, I can see, like, when I've shared, because I like to be transparent, and when I've shared, like, these things, like, I can see people's eyes and how they look at me. And, they, you know, listen, legit, it could be, like, my own shit. And, like, uh, they, they see me different. They see me different. And it's funny, right? Like, I was looking at this stat. And there was a stat, the U.S. General Accounting Office report found that 66% of all child support not paid by fathers is due to an inability to come up with the money. And when they're missed, again, the other parent, uh, uh, it's common for the other parent to refuse to grant the other their parenting time, even though child support and child custody are separate issues. In these cases, you end up with a dad who can't make child support payment and doesn't see his kids, and is suddenly and, is, and it is suddenly easy to believe the stereotype that he must not care every uh, he must not care very much. Lad God speaking that truth, speaking that truth, goddamn speaking the truth. And here's the thing that's so crazy, right? Because like especially in our times, there's so many independent and and just strong women out there. Bless up to you, strong women. And there's women that think, well, you know what, man, I could do this on my own. So for the women that are out there, bless up to you. For the dudes that are hearing this, protect your fucking seed. Because here's the scoop, man. Chicks don't give a fuck about you. They don't. Most chicks, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm generalizing here, and like, you know, women, if you're, if you're like, you know what, Paul, you kiss my ass, then I'm okay with that. I'm speaking to my dudes right now, okay? Dudes, women don't give a fuck about you. They don't care. These women nowadays, man, especially like strong, independent, they want to do everything on their own. Now, here's the thing, like, the thing is, is, like, they can't do everything on their own because they can't fertilize themselves. They fail to have semen. You know who's got semen? You do. You got semen. So protect your seeds. Protect them. Because what will happen is, like, you know, you can get, you can get, like, what happened to me. Like, shoot, man, my second, my second kid's mom, like, you know, she was single. She just got in a relationship. She didn't really give a fuck about me. She was like, well, if you're not going to be in a relationship with me, I'm out of here. I'm going to Florida. And I was like, well, hold on. What do you mean you want to fly? Like, I want to be with the kid's life. Then when she moved and then like when I was paying, she was like, well, I wanted you to be a part of his life. Bitch. No, you didn't. No, you did not. Stop your lying. And that's what they'll say. And that's a tactic to make you feel like shit. Okay, man. And also to get you to do or like to get you to be involved and things like that. The thing is, you're going to find, and even the second one, like, you know, she wanted to have kids. I didn't want to have kids. She said she was on the pill. My dumb ass believed her. And guess what? When I said I didn't want to be, like, we were broken up. When I said I wasn't going to be back in a relationship just for a kid, this girl, out of here. She was out of here. Moved away, moved down south. Took me a little bit to find her. Tried to reconcile. Nope. So why do I tell you these stories? Because when it comes down to it, especially like most women, like I, and I'm making a generalization, but most women want to be a mom. Most women want to be a mom. And if that situation, especially in these times, comes up where like you slip up and all of a sudden, like, damn, man, you let one pass slip past the goalie, 
Whereas, again, as my mom would say, you didn't wear your raincoats. Guess what, man? You got a lifetime of something right there. You better make sure you get along good with that woman. Otherwise, it's going to be a very challenging road ahead, man. A very challenging road ahead. So, and yeah, it may have been harsh when I said women don't give a fuck about you. But, like, really what it is, it's like there's some truth to it. When it comes down to it, and ladies and women may not may, may be free of wanting to admit this. When it comes down to it, especially when they experience the, the unconditional love of a child, man, you you're out, you know, you you're low on the totem pole, man. Your utility. So, I I bring this up uh, because like the anatomy of a deadbeat, right? Is like we talked about the things that contribute or like the definition of deadbeat. We talked about like the perceptions of a deadbeat and I gave you my snort my story and my scenario of, you know, what I experienced and like how I see this part of being a deadbeat. And I, I'm I'm acknowledging on this recording right now, I'm I'm a deadbeat. I'm a deadbeat. I I, I will gladly acknowledge that. Even though half my net pay gets taken every freaking pay period in the court of public opinion, as my man CGA would say, in the in 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 the court of public opinion, I am a deadbeat because I'm in arrears. You don't see your children. You probably don't even know their favorite color. Deadbeat ass. Terrible. Now, again, men, this is like 90, 92% of suicides are male. And the thing why I bring this up is because men go through this shit on a regular basis and don't say shit. They freaking suffer in silence. They pretend like everything is freaking hoo-ha cool. And and you know what? And if if they were like me, like what I did anyway, like I would just cover up my pains with alcohol, good weed, and freaking sex. And some comedy movies every now and then. Um, usually Marvel movies, but like, regardless, I would find something to mask my pain rather than sit in it. So listen, while, while I go over, while I've gone over like the deadbeat dad perspective, I want to go over like this other part of a deadbeat dad. And these are some of the things that I think have helped me over the years. And I would be an asshole if I failed to share these things with you all, um, especially if you're a man listening to this where you're like, oh my God, Paul, I freaking get it, bruv. I get it, son. I get it. So here's the thing, right? So for the anatomy of a deadbeat, a deadbeat dad has got to have emotional detachment. So what the hell does that mean? Well, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to rewind that a little bit. I think it's emotional regulation. Um, I'll leave it at that. And what that means, well, first of all, like it almost sounds like an oxymoron when we're talking about men, because like the common perception is men don't feel, men are supposed to feel. And I think that's a piece that led to a lot of my drink, heavy drinking and alcoholism is, uh, refusing to feel. It really wasn't until I went through the Mankind Project, my new world training adventure, where I started to really explore emotions and, and be able to really let them go or really set them free. 
So I say this for, for men that are experienced, not custodial dads, but that have the term of a deadbeat. Um, it's important to be able to regulate our emotions because like being labeled that or being put in that box can bring up emotions like anger, resentment, fear, joy, shame, guilt, a whole bunch of stuff, a whole cocktail of different emotions that can lead to negative impacts. Like as an example, like because I was so angry and frustrated going through my divorce, like I acted certain ways to my kid that I probably am not even consciously aware of, although he is, you know, so you know, he sees me in a certain way because of that anger that I was, I thought I was holding, yet it was seeping through in my actions and cities. It was like seeping through in the things that I was doing and how I was interacting with the people that I loved, especially my kids, um, specifically my first son. So being able to regulate your emotions. And when I say regulate, I mean to be able to um, first observe the emotion like, OK, well, damn, what is it that I'm feeling and where? That's an important step because once you're able to identify the emotion and the feeling and what you're sensing, then you're able to get then you're able to find tools to help you manage it. So, for example, for me, when I was going through a lot of anger, I created this smash room downstairs in my basement. So I would take glasses from all the drinks like, you know, that usually most of the alcohol I was having. But like usually it was like, you know, old glasses or like a Heineken bottle or something. I put on my gloves and I would transmute that energy, the anger into the bottle and I'd smash the shit out of it up against the wall. And that relief, that helped me release a lot of the uh, the energy that was moving in, in me and through me that was really raising my blood pressure and all these things. Um, also, I started to recognize like the the. For me, animal flow is an important piece. I'm happy I'm like getting I'm I'm coming back to that practice because it was a lot a chance for me to just really be in my body, get exhausted, get feel my heart pumping, feel my body against the floor, and experience my body move in a way that got it out of a box. So it was physically powerful for me and it was figuratively powerful for me. Or actually, figuratively, it was energetically powerful for me because it helped me literally move through a lot of shit that I was experiencing at the time, even with my bad hips. Now, that emotional regulation is a, is a key piece, right? That's a key, key, key piece because you got to be able to learn to manage that because especially if you're if you're quote unquote the deadbeat dad you're most likely have been in court you've been in front of the judge they made you feel like shit um and then you know you you you're felt like shit through lawyers and then like the parents and then like you know if your kids got any sense then they probably most made like you made most likely made you feel like shit too think you're saying like you were never there for me you mother beep i can't stand you i hate you i hate you dad yeah, you're going to get that, man. And it's going to hurt. Believe me when I tell you, it's going to hurt. If there's a man out there that, that says, hey, you know, it doesn't hurt. My kid says he hates my guts. You lying, mother man. Don't lie to me. Don't you lie to me. <laughs> but no, seriously, it's serious, man. It, it's, it hurts. It hurts. And like, you know, I, I, like, fellas, look, you don't even have to say it to me or put in a comment, but. It's, I, I know, I get a sense that we love deep. We love deep. We love passionately. We love raw. We love real. And that scares some people. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be free of saying some people, sometimes that scares me. 
how much I can love, how much that love can really take me over. So that's another part of the emotional regulation. Now, another piece that's an anatomy of a deadbeat dad that I think is, is necessary is having your crew. And I'm not talking about like, yo, when you're going through some shit, like you have, you know, you have your crew like, yo, man, let's go out and have some drinks and go fuck some bitches. No, I'm not talking about that crew. I'm talking about a crew that you can connect to and talk to when you're in your darkest, deepest shit. A crew that you can connect with to iron out and speak your problems without them trying to solve shit. A crew that you respect, that you love, that you cherish, that you listen to. So when they give guidance, you're attentive and you integrate what they tell you. A crew that's going to hold you accountable to your shit, to your goals, to your purpose and help you get out of your shit. Yet at the same time, call you on your shit. And what I mean by that is like, yo, call you on like, hey, man, you said you're going to do this. You didn't do this. Hey, Paul, you know what? What you just said, man, listen, you could have said that different. That was kind of messed up what you said. A crew that can tell you that, because if you're around some cats that are going to perpetuate this um, this negative behavior or tell you that, yeah, you know what? That chick is a bitch because she done. You know what, man? Listen, enough of that, man. If you're around people like that, I highly advise you to get a different crew or go check out some men's circles. Like I talked about MKP. If you're in New York, there's all kings. There's men's circles all over the place right now. And it may be like some friends that you have that you know you could be real, raw, and authentic with. That's a crew. That's a crew. All right? The last piece that I want to offer here about uh, for the anatomy of a deadbeat dad is have your purpose. What the hell do I even mean by that? Have something that drives you to be better. Okay. For me, that thing is like, I really, I love to teach. I love to teach men how to take care of themselves. I love to teach men how to find themselves, be aware of their story, gain more self-awareness, help themselves get, feel more fulfilled. I love that stuff. I love teaching the things that I learn, especially the stuff that I've learned out of darkness and despair. That is my purpose. My purpose is here on this planet to support people to be in their best selves. And that means like I'm taking that journey too every single freaking day. And that's living on purpose. And the reason why I say this is important for a deadbeat dad is because when you get beaten to a freaking pulp, and I'm talking about beaten to a pulp outside of yourself and beaten to your beaten to a pulp inside of self. Cause I don't know about you all, but I got these voices in my head. And sometimes these voices are vicious. Oh my God. It's crazy. It is freaking crazy. And the key thing and the key piece that is important to note is like, when I'm in those spaces of like feeling low and feeling like crap about myself and, and, and thinking like, why am I here? What am I doing? Like I messed up so many people's lives. I messed up my own life. I don't deserve to live. That's when 
I come to my purpose like, nah, man, I'm here for something. I'm here for something. Now, here's the thing, man, is when I could start to peel and be in that space and start to live from that space, even if, and when I say live from that space, even having your purpose in the back of your head, believe me, if you have it in the back of your head, you could put that projector on and bloop, you could start to change your whole view and perspective. And what I notice about being on purpose is that and, and finding and, and being able to, to really to really stay in that place is it helps me to unearth the lessons and gems in my shitty situations. OK, so I'll give you an example uh, before we start to wrap up. So. When I was in a situation with my son recently. I was like listening to him. I was asking questions and like, you know, I'm thinking I'm asking questions, but I was most likely badgering the kid um, because I'm scared. You know, I wanted to make sure that this dude is okay. And by me being on purpose, right, and having that purpose in my head is like, hey, I'm here to make myself better and make others better. Or I, I, I want to stay away from like, hey, I want to make people better. It's more of as I as I really connect to it. It's more about me helping myself become more aware and helping others do the same. Live more from my heart rather than from my than always from my head or from my balls um, or live really from a connection of all three um, and making sure that my heart is involved in the process. But when I was in this situation, with my son and talking to him, uh, being that person like, hey, I want to I want to be more self-aware, I started to notice like whenever he was starting to dig at me, it was really his defenses, right? And it was his defenses because, you know, I was I was getting to a vulnerable part of him, him, I judge, and he wasn't ready to let me in there. He wasn't ready to let me in. And I had to identify that because I noticed like that's when he started throwing the most vicious poisonous darts at me. Like, oh, some of the stuff this kid said. Oh, my God. I was like, wow, man, this dude is really let me have it. He is let me have it right now. God damn it. Um, and I recognized like, well, that's his defense mechanism. He has yet to trust me. So I got to ease off. I got to let this thing go. I got to just OK. It took me a couple rounds for me to recognize it. And I finally recognized it. But it helped me understand like where who he is, where he is, and also where am I in his life, in his psyche, in his space. So being able to be on that purpose and being able to like have that in the back of my mind, it really meant it's gonna help to take you out of the frame. Because my man Les Brown says all the time, you can't it's tough to see the picture when you're in the frame. So being able to take a step outside of self will help self to really remedy what the self is experiencing in this in their lifetime. So checking in uh, and and really thinking about this and the deadbeat the anatomy of deadbeat dead. <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm really curious as to how this is all going to. <laughs> be received and like it's so refreshing to right now um in my heart be like i really could give two shits i was received i just i'm happy i put this out here because i was sitting on this for a couple days and i was like god damn it also part of the purpose like when i was going through this toughness with my kid and my former wife 
and I was in it. Like uh, the, my guides, my higher self, um, my spiritual crew was like, man, you get to share this, man. You get to share this more for other men that are going through it to know that you, you're far from being alone. And I also wanted to provide those, the anatomy, the, the crew, um, your emotional regulation and your purpose. Being able to share those three gems because, man, when we can start to tap into that, like then we can be able to learn how we better navigate our situation. Because, listen, when it comes down to it, I'm, I'm out of the business of telling you what to do. You know already my job is to help you figure that out and to help you connect to that part of yourself because there's a way to manage your situation. And the thing is, is that to truly manage it, I'm going to speak for myself, to truly manage it, I get to have that emotional regulation. I get to be on purpose and I get to make sure I connect with my crew physically and spiritually. And I hope you do the same. I hope you do the same because I think it will help. It will be a tremendous help. And it also will help you to stay in the game. Because when it comes down to it, everybody, I, I mean, this is this is one of the reasons I do men's work specifically because men kill themselves more often than women. Women may attempt more, yet men are more successful. Men are killing themselves and like men are things are happening because like in this world that we live in right now, a man is the villain. A man is the enemy. A man could do something, think he's doing something good and a woman could say something. And all of a sudden that man's shit. And that's a that's a that's a powerful place for for women, and that's a powerless place for men. It puts it could put men in on eggshells. It could put men on defenses. And the thing that happens is that like now, because a man can get put in a corner, defenses. It's like if you put anything in a corner, what's it gonna do? It's gonna fight back eventually, and it's gonna fight back vicious. Or as our society would say, it's a toxic masculinity. It's crazy. But again, this is what it is. So, man, takeaways from this. Listen, man, I told you the three gems of the anatomy of a deadbeat. Like, make sure that you got your emotional regulations. You check in with your emotions. You figure out what they are, first of all, what they are for you, when, and in different moments, and where they are in your body. Check in with your crew, goddammit. Get a crew, man. I'm talking about a crew that's going to hold you accountable. What does that mean? It's people that are gonna that are gonna tell you when you mess up, and then aren't gonna tell you to badge you, but tell you like, yo, man, hey, you messed up. Here's some things you could do different. They're gonna help build you up, and then find your purpose, man. Find something that's bigger than you, because that'll help you stay out of the shit for long anyway. And one of the things I always encourage, man, listen, man, protect your damn seeds. Protect your seeds, man, because let me tell you something. The seed is a precious commodity, man. Listen, I told you men are dying, right? There's more men that, that like, that men that, there's gay men out there. They're not messing with women, right? So, men, we're, there's few and far between. So, you know, women, especially if you're a dude that, like, is has got it, has got it together, women will be after your seed, man. You better protect that shit. Because remember what I said, women don't give a fuck about you, man. Once they get that seed, it's a wrap. So, Take care of yourself, man. Take care of your seed. Wear your raincoats or if you're a young man, get your shit snipped. You can always get that shit reversed when you do find a quality woman that fits in your life and you fit in hers and, and is in alignment with what you're up to in the world. And listen, and, and the last piece here, like men, and be very be very patient and think long game when you're selecting your mate. Your mate and who you lay with could make or break you. So be aware. 
I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you for being here. I appreciate you for listening. And listen, if you have any comments, um, there's a comment section. You could you can leave a review. Pick up the book, Heal Thy Man Method. You can pick it up on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Listen, this this that book right there, that is, that's the healing book. That's the healing book. Heal Thy Man Method, right? It's a method. There's step, know, you know, what's your story? Step into the arena of yourself, self-awareness. Master your mojo. You got to learn how to master your creativity and then rise into your sovereign king energy. Yes, you have that. Yes, you have that. So pick it up. Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Um, also, you could check out HealThyManMethod.com. Check me out on uh, the social media networks, New Wellness Men's Guide. And uh, check me out, Anchor Man, or any of the podcast platforms for more episodes or the older episodes, the archives, we'll call them. Of of me of um uh, <laughs> I got so oh, I got so excited about the archives because I just like had a flash of all those conversations. Anyway, you could check out the archives of Men Talk About, and stay tuned for more episodes of Men Talk About conversations. Looking forward to being here with you. I'm gonna have some people in every now and then in the conversations, and these are gonna be more just like conversation thoughts. Um, tips, tactics that are going to support men and being them best, being their best selves. Damn it, because you deserve it. All right. So this is Paul. I'm out. Until next time. Peace. Bless up to you for checking this men talk about conversation out. How was the session for you? What resonated with you? What activated you? What triggered you? Check in with those things, right? Because this is this is my intention for this reboot of Men Talk About. It's to spark conversation. It's to bring darkness. I would say, I want to say bring darkness to light. And it's not even about that. It's more about exploring the quote unquote darkness. Because in our culture, we, we fail to dive into the things that are ugly. And this is my perspective and judgment. And what I see is that it's easier to cover up the things that, that have people living in shame and guilt, especially for men. And it's time for us to start speaking about this for real because man here's the here's the situation while your situation may be dire and and what you may perceive it to be difficult or insurmountable or almost hopeless you may you may experience the the sensations or feelings of being powerless there is a way out and you are the key you have everything that you need to address this conversation and while i'm speaking to you i'm also speaking to myself best believe and part of me bringing men talk about back into circulation is about supporting men to tap into those components that sacred key that lives in them the one that they've been born with that's that's aligned to a specific and unique purpose to contribute to this collective or what some people would say is an expression of god in you my 
purpose, part of my purpose that I experience is being here to support men to get through it. Otherwise, why the hell would I be going through it? God damn it. Hmm. So it's time to share. And if you find, hey, if you're hearing this, you're like, you know what, Paul? I got some stuff I want to share, too. Then you know what? Put a comment. DM me. Email me. It's in the show notes, damn it. It's in the show notes. Yep. So listen, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I damn sure appreciate you. And listen, if this if this podcast episode, this session, this conversation resonated with you and you know someone that's like, yo, I got to talk to. I got to share this thing with my dude because he's going through the same thing. Share it. Share it, share it, share it. Have them call me, send a smoke signal, text. I am free of I'm free of judging how how a man contacts me. I'm more appreciative that they contact me because that's telling me that they yo, they're ready to get some work and they're, they're fed up with the life that they've been living. And they're ready to they're ready to be more aware and ready to feel fulfilled. Content. Joyous. Good stuff. So thank you, thank you, thank you again check out healthymanmethod.com that's my website also check out the book mentioned in the podcast check out the book heal thy man method it's a great start pocketbook guide for men to self-awareness and self-fulfillment it's a quick easy read and you can also just chill on each of the chapters i got some prompts in there that'll help you to bring more awareness to your situation and help you move through it help you move through it so bless up to you thank you thank you thank you and until next time my guys peace